Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I know it's our Monday show. I'm Jim Galante, but I'm not with our normal old Dustin Hawkinsmith. I am with Dustin Hawkinsmith, finalist for the National Wrestling Media Association Journalist of the Year. Congratulations, Dustin. <laughs> That's a tremendous honor for you, and it's well-deserved. Nah, th- thank you. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, honestly. And then I just kind of put my head down like, man, why do I say anything at all in, fr- in front of Jim? But, um, yeah, I had to say something about it because I, I have to kind of work off the assumption that I'm not going to win something like that. But, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's definitely super cool to be mentioned and to be on that ballot. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, it's a national award, so it's, it's a very big deal just being a finalist. So we're, yeah. we're all rooting for you to become the winner. But <laughs> I also need to point out, though, Dustin – Nobody want around here cares. They want to talk about this Penn State Ohio State football game. And let me start with this. I warned you I wanted to go off script a little bit. There's a couple questions I want to start with that really hit I I believe the three main topics of conversation after this game. And one's on uh, the team, one's about Sean Clifford, and one's about James Franklin. Let, let's start with the team. Should I be happy that they played so well for three and a half quarters, they gave Ohio State everything and more that they could handle, or should I be upset with this disastrous finish? Uh, Yeah, I mean, so let's just think about this in terms of, okay, forecasting how good Penn State can be the rest of the way, because... You know, like we we talked about a bunch of times, you give Penn State fans the option if they'd be ten and two with only with the two losses to Michigan and Ohio State, everybody would be satisfied with that. Turns out, you know, narrator voice, they were not satisfied. But um, you know, you think about uh, creating a little bit more distance between that disaster against Michigan, uh, proving they belong in the same field with the top two, top three team, top one, depending on where you're looking. Uh, so check and check on those, but. You know, I, I think the era of moral victories for Penn State fans in this series with Ohio State is getting tiresome. And I think they're sick of, you know, like it used to be a badge of honor that James Franklin's teams play Ohio State tougher than anybody else in the Big Ten. I don't think anybody's all that content with that anymore. You can only say that for so long. You can only say, hey, they were in this game until X, Y, and Z happened so many times before people just start rolling their eyes. And I think we're at that point now. But in terms of this team and how good they are, like they are clearly good enough to run the table the rest of the way um, and get the 10 and two, you know, that they have work to do, obviously. So what they did on Saturday encourages me to believe that they're, that they have that opportunity to do it. So in that respect, yeah. um, You know, the, the product that they put on the field is a very, was a very competitive one against a really, really good team. They got Ohio state, 
you know, outside themselves. Um, they, they, you know, not quite sure what to do. Kept CJ Stroud under control, uh, kept the running game for the most part under control for most of that time. Even though you turned it over, uh, you know, it ended up being four in the game a few times prior to that, you're still in the game. So there's all this good stuff, but you know, in the end there, uh, Ohio state took the game, uh, from Penn state and, I don't think you can be super happy about that either. So it's, you know, I think you can answer both of those questions with affirmative answers, but uh, I I tend to think like, okay, they lost to Ohio State. That's done. I think the the team that played on Saturday can win the rest of the way. And as it's been pointed out to me by several people, they could go 10 and 2 and not have a win over a ranked team. So is this something to be happy about? Uh, Sean Clifford, he threw for three touchdowns, threw for 371 yards, but he also turned the ball over four times. Do we hang on to the finish with him, seeking that 10-2 and record New Year's Day bowl game, or Dustin, is it time to move on? So I think the, once again, it's not us, like, forecasting what James Franklin would do. WWJD, what would James do? The answer is, to that is obvious, you know, and it becomes a bit of circular logic. So now you're you're down the home stretch of Sean Clifford's career. He's given so much to the program. He deserves the right to finish it the right way. I'm sure that is kind of part of the logic here. But he's only been in a, a position to give so much of the program because James Franklin has insisted on sticking with him for so long. So, like, the, the thing just going, kind of goes around and around at this point. They're not making a change. I think if you are anticipating James Franklin making a change at this stage of it, I think you don't know James Franklin at all. So they're not making a change. Um, I, I think you could have argued a bunch of times so far that they, that they could have or should have made a change prior to this. They're just not going to do it. You know, I think in some respects it was a win to, to the level of commitment they made to Drew Aller early in the season, but now we haven't seen him really at all in, in a lot of these games, so you want to see more of him. They're not doing it. Um, I, w- I would be stunned if they end up doing it. Um, so in this game, you know, Sean Clifford was mostly pretty decent, but, you know, four turnovers, uh, three interceptions, uh, interesting, you know, interceptions. I think some hard luck, but, you know, a lot of Penn State's game plan centered around those quick passes to the outside and fakes off those quick passes to the outside to try to get something going down the field. Everybody knew it. Ohio State knew it. They just happened to have the athletes to create some havoc and get in those passing lanes and create those takeaways. So it's not like a fluky thing or whatever that they just kind of got batted down. Penn State was in a position that Ohio State's freakish athletes were able to make plays on those things. And just the fact that uh, JT uh, Molau, uh owned Sean Clifford uh, was just sort of a little salt in the wound, but... You can't say, hey, he was great except turnovers because turnovers were, were a big part of, of why they lost this game. And turnovers are a big part of Sean Clifford's profile. Some slow starts are part of his profile. So this is the Sean Clifford experience. You know, you can say, hey, for two and a half quarters, he was great. It doesn't matter if for one and a half quarters, he threw, turned the ball over four times and they lost. What's the difference? Those turnovers are so costly. And at the risk of being snarky, uh, Dustin, I want so badly for someone in the media this week to say to James Franklin, 
Your Big Ten Player of the Week had four turnovers. Long pause. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I would love that too. Uh, and it just, you know, it just makes that pause seem even sillier today. Like I, I was in a rare position that we could talk about it later, late last week, because I, I did another show with you. Uh, but it felt silly at the time. You know, it felt like he was getting vengeance on the wrong people. Uh, it didn't feel like vengeance at all because I don't really put a lot of stock in Big Ten Player of the Week. It doesn't that doesn't matter to me. They give out, you know, like it feels like fifteen kids get recognized a week because there's co this, there's freshmen, there's special. You know, the fact that your six year quarterback got Big Ten Player of the Week doesn't impress me that much because he's a six year quarterback. He should get the Offensive Player of the of the Week once, right? At some point in time, he should. And. He should be able to avoid, and we'll get into the details of this game uh, very soon, Dustin. But And I get there's a couple of those turnovers that were a little bit of tough luck. But end of the day, Sean Clifford has to hang his hat on these four turnovers. So let's go to James Franklin now. He, I believe, will forever and ever and ever be haunted by his great but not elite statement especially when it comes to Ohio State, which is who we made the statement about. But at what point his inability to finish off Ohio State when he has the lead in the fourth quarter? You know, I go into the game, and I don't know if it was with you or somewhere else that I made reference to. It was a great thing that I believe 24-7 puts together, and... It showed 20 out of 22 players on the field as starters. Ohio State has the higher ranked uh, player coming in out of high school. So it says Ohio State has the talent advantage. But you've had that lead so often in the fourth quarter. At what point does this change from, wow, you hung in there with a more talented team to, how could you not win a couple of these or at least one more? Yeah, I, I, and that's where I'm at on this thing. You know, I think, it, I think it's great that Penn State plays up to its competition. I think it's great that home or away, Ohio State has a hard time with Penn State. They don't have a hard time with many programs. That's a good thing. But, you know, you, I, how, many, how many times in this series did Penn State lose when in the fourth quarter they had a realistic shot to win? Was it, It's maybe like four or five, right? Um, you can't go 0-4 or 0-5 in those games. You can't. You know, like I, I think obviously in, in this game, you know, talking about those star ratings, you know, Tui Mualau was the number two player in America uh, a couple years ago. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, should probably be in a Penn State uniform. You know, Pennsylvania kid, if you really want that kid, you, you'd hope that you would get him. And those guys, there were no answers for them. And that's, you know, that especially with their defensive and, you know, that that is um, a five-star talent making five-star plays. And, you know, they, they didn't have and, – and at some point in time, Penn, Ohio State has so many of these types of players. Eventually, you're not going to have an answer for all of them. But, you know, like I, I feel like, you know, even when Ohio State scores and it's 23-21, you get the ball back. Uh, they've had a fair amount of success on offense. Uh, and, you know, like, obviously you can't predict a pick six. You can't predict the way that that went down. 
But at the same time, you know, that's such a, a integral moment in this game. You have to do something with that drive. You have to string together a 40 or 50 yard drive, at least give Jake Pinnaker a chance to put you back in the lead there. You know, there are things that you can do, I think, to, to get out of this pattern. Penn State's stuck in this pattern. And it's just kind of inventing new ways to lose similar fourth quarter leads. And, you know, I think for a minute and a half of game time to go by, for you to go from, uh, uh, you know, leading by five points to down by two two possessions, you know, like I think you got to do something as a coaching staff or whatever to break out of that rut. And there just doesn't seem to be a lot of hope for that. Uh, and I think a lot of people watch this game with that in mind, with the assumption that all oh, this was going to get away from them late. And they were right. But I tell you what is different, I think, this year is after I said 20 out of 22 positions, Ohio State has the advantage, I'm going to say Penn State has star players on their team right now. As many as Ohio State, not sure, but plenty of them. And we're going to talk about that more at the start of quarter number two. And I've got another question for you about Marvin Harrison, who you just brought up, Dusty. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I am Jim Galante. I'm along with not the great Dustin Hawkinsmith, but the elite Dustin Hawkinsmith. And he will agree with that assessment, I know. 
Just letting you know, quick reminder about our good friends at New Trail Brewing Company. They brew their beers right here in central Pennsylvania and deliver fresh and cold to your favorite retailer every week. You know what? They have so many options, Dustin, but I'm going to make a suggestion for you this week. I keep talking about all the new beers they bring out, but one of their most popular, one that's been around for a while, it's called Broken Heels, a hazy IPA. Trust me on this one. Check it out wherever you get your beers. And if you go there, ask for a new trail, and they say they won't have it. You say, why not? Go get it. It's important. Trust me on that. All right, Dustin, let's talk Penn State football. Let's talk Penn State versus Ohio State. I did want to point out one thing. You talked about Marvin Harrison Jr., a Pennsylvania kid. That's someone who should be at Penn State. My only question to you on that statement is the next couple of years, should Ohio State be able to say the th- same thing about Drew Aller? He should be a Buckeye. Well, if they would have seen him for what he was sooner, he probably would be a Buckeye. Uh, you know, I think Penn State w- was on him before they were, and I think that meant something to him, and that's that's it. But um, if he really ends up, if, if fate, uh, if that's what his fate is, the transfer portal will allow him a second opportunity at that fate, but I don't anticipate that. Ha- I'm not wishing upon that, but uh, I think uh, may- maybe they can make that case. We'll see. But yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like I don't know if Penn State was a real, a real true player for him. I know they were kind of in the running, but I didn't really think that they were a realistic option for him. And that was a part of the, that was a stretch where I know I'm getting a far afield here, but that was a stretch where Penn State kind of struggled a bit with Philly guys, and they've since snapped out of that and done a better job in Philly. Maybe if they had a do-over with the way they're currently recruiting that area, they, they would get a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., and maybe they don't get destroyed uh, by him instead. All right, let's go back also to, and I was the one who really started it by saying Ohio State has so much more talent, but I'm not sure they really do, despite that recruiting advantage that I, I and I talk about it a lot. But you start to look at Penn State, there's a lot of elite players on this team. I guess I'm going to start a little bit with the positive. When you see what Katron Allen did in this game against a bunch of studs on the Ohio State defense, and that fourth down touchdown was sheer will. He just willed himself. My comment then, as I saw him go into the end zone, is he's a man. Yeah, uh, and he's the fat man. You know, he ran it like the fat man on on that. That's his nickname. So that was uh, that was a fat man touchdown. But I, I loved what we saw from him in this game. You know, he he wasn't wide eyed uh, with that Ohio State defense. He didn't he didn't care about the star uh, ratings of any of the guys lined up across from him. He just kind of went out there and did his thing. And once again, you know, I think he showed that. He's a much more complete running back right now than Nick Singleton is. And I don't think anybody, you know, it's not a knock on Nick Singleton. I just think that in terms of his polish and vision and his ability to kind of create uh, something out of nothing, Katron Allen is, is, is a few steps ahead. And that's one area where I think that Nick Singleton, this experience that he's gathering along the way uh, to not be as all or nothing as, as he's been. And the fact that he's been so all or nothing has kind of opened the door for Katron Allen to keep doing what he's doing. And on a down to down basis, he's just been a little bit more reliable. And uh, I think it's a good thing that he showed that he can continue to be that against a really, really talented defense. And, Dustin, I'm happy that they're playing both of them the way they are. For sure. And just 
keeping things on a positive note for another minute, Parker Washington was just incredible. I know folks are going to say Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not sure Marvin Harrison Jr. was the best wide receiver on the field on Saturday. I can make a pretty strong case for Parker Washington. He not only put up the numbers, he broke tackles, he got yards after catch, and he made a couple just absolutely spectacular catches. He he was, it's a conversation at the very least. And considering where it looks like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going in terms of his college potential, in terms of his pro potential, in terms of where he could go in the draft, like I think he's a, a more coveted guy at the next level at this stage than, than Parker Washington appears to be. But Parker Washington has big game in him. And I think we saw that Marvin Harrison Jr. also has big game in him. And this is back-to-back really good days for Parker Washington. And, you know, you can look at that glass half full, glass half empty. To me, it's kind of like it's about time. You know, like I, why Parker Washington hasn't been put in positions to do this more often, I don't really know. Um, but, you know, the fact that he did it against Ohio State was I don't. I hesitate to call it a breakout performance because he's broken out a few times before. Everybody around here knows what he's capable of doing. But I think when you do it against a, a top three team and you do it on, on a on a big stage on a national televised game, like I think there's a lot of people who got to know Parker Washington on Saturday who didn't know so much about him and saw the same thing that you and I did that he was right there in the same ballpark as Marvin Harrison Jr. And you saw, you know, like in addition to. Uh, breaking tackles and and not going down easily, you know, on that long touchdown. But the acrobatic catches, too. You know, I think you saw the whole package from him. You really did. He just showed himself as being not just a good wide receiver, but uh, if I dare say it again, an elite one, Dustin. He he was really very, very special. Let's turn now to the turnovers and Sean Clifford. And, you know, I I keep going back and forth on this, how I feel about it. Or at least three of the four individual plays, turnovers, I could find an excuse for it. Well, you know, it was tipped and then intercepted. Uh, The fumble, the sack, forced fumble... That wasn't Sean Clifford's fault. A, a, a backup right tackle got beat. But at what point when you have four turnovers by your six-year senior, is there not a point where, you know, he should have eyes, you know, back of his head. He should be seeing the pressure coming, should be able to tuck the ball. Uh, the pick six obviously was just disastrous. But all those tip balls that caused the interception, that's an issue too. Maybe they were preventable on his part. If it happened once, maybe you excuse it. And his defense really helped him out, especially on his, you know, the first one where they didn't even score. But at the end of the day, 21 points were scored off his turnovers. He has to wear that. He absolutely does. He has to wear that. He has to own that. Uh, the stat line says what it says at, at the end. And you are that stat line. You know, I, I don't think there's any asterisk that, that assign responsibility. I'm sure when they went into and, and watched the film from the game and they graded it uh, and, and they assigned responsibility or blame that Sean Clifford didn't, at the very least, didn't get the full brunt of it uh, for most of those four turnovers. But 
You know, I think the the way that they were approaching this Ohio State defense, as I mentioned earlier, it, it kind of giveth a little bit and it taketh away. Um, you, you have these guys anticipating that ball coming out quick and that ball going out to the outside. And uh, I don't know what adjustment is to be made in that situation, but I think at a certain point, everybody in the ballpark knew that either that ball was being faked to the outside or was being thrown to the outside. And the fact that they got up in the passing lanes, um, you know, was a product, I think, of the game plan. And, you know, maybe Sean Clipper throwing into that and, and maybe needing to make an adjustment or something. I don't know. But, you know, that pick six uh, was a product of all those things. And it was also just freakish behavior. You know, it, it, like I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. You know, I think a lot of guys, uh, talented guys, four stars would have knocked that pass down in that situation. There's not many of them who would do what Tua Mualau did and and uh, pick it off without even batting it. Just caught it out of midair. So that's just a tough break from a really good um, defensive play. And I think most of those were really good defensive plays, but four turnovers are four turnovers. And, you know, the, the possession at the, at your Ohio state taking over at, at your 39, your 41 and your 24, in addition to that pick six, uh, you know, like you, you can't explain all that away. You know, that that's part of the coaching staff and part of Sean Clifford's, uh, you know, journey in this game. And it was the difference. And you also have a situation continuing on with Sean Clifford. Well, before I get to the other part with Sean Clifford, Bryce Effner was laying on the ground as number 44 made that play. Not to say Caden Wallace would have done better through the whole game, but they really could have used a better effort from the right tackle on that individual play. The other uh, thing with Sean Clifford's play, and we saw it against Minnesota, the really slow start, and we had that again. The defense, once again, kind of bailed them out in the very beginning, but as we said last week, Dustin, against an Ohio State, you can't give up those first two, three possessions that way. Every snap, every possession matters because you know that this is going to be a foot race. This is going to be a sprint to 30-plus points. Now, 30 obviously didn't get the job done in this game, but you can't afford to give any possessions away. You know, like, not that you go into it uh, making guys tighten up by saying, uh, you know, you have to get off to a fast start, but that that part, you know, to dig a 10 nothing hole against Ohio State, you know, ended up forgetting about it because you, and you, you overtake them, you have a lead in the fourth quarter. That wasn't the storyline in the game, but, you know, like... How different can things be if you score seven on your first drive or you, 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 you hold the ball for a bit, you, you kick a field goal, whatever. You can't afford this again and again and again. And, uh, you know, your six-year quarterback, uh, I think just making mental or emotional or physical adjustments, you rely on that. Clearly something's a little bit amiss there in how they start games with, with him. Uh, but you, you just can't do this again and again. You can't have the same issues and mistakes and expect to win these games even when you're in them. So the slow starts were a problem. And until that's fixed, it's going to continue to be a problem. And there's a lot of stuff that with the six-year quarterback, you lose hope that things are going to be fixed. I do want to mention, before I start getting and piling on to all the negatives and individual decisions and the unraveling at the end, until that three and a half quarters of this game were played, the defense did a heck of a job. They made up for those early mistakes by the offense. 
They held tight uh, in the red zone. They were good again like they've always been. Their DBs coming up to make those tackles on you know, the wide receiver screen passes that Ohio State was doing and just completely shutting down Ohio State's running game also. Very impressive performance by the defense for three and a half quarters. Mm. We're going to get into the rest of the game after this break. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Another reminder, the Penn State season is not over, folks. It really isn't. And there's a couple home games left. And a great way to spend your weekend if you're coming into town for those games is with GoPSURV.com. You know the drill. This is where you get to drive your own car into Happy Valley and an RV is all set up and ready for you to enjoy the whole weekend tailgating there. There's still those couple home games left with Maryland and Michigan State. And guess what? You can get $500 off your RV if you mention the mark. You want the KSN RV special. So you could call Go PSU RV at 800-519-8467. Make sure you tell them. You want the KSN special and $500 off. All right, Dusty, let's get into some of the particulars of the game. And 
I know you want to talk about that fourth down, first possession of the second half. Penn State drives down the field, and on fourth and two, they went for it and missed. And the question is, should they have put three points up? Should they have? Well, I... I had less of an issue with the idea of being aggressive there than the way that they were aggressive there. I didn't think that the play that they called had much of a chance to be successful. I don't care what you saw from a numbers perspective in the box. You know, they they haven't had a lot of luck on that type of play um, since, you know, Nick Singleton went off for those few weeks in a row. I, I think a lot of that stuff has been bottled up. So for to go for it on fourth and two with with that play in mind, I just didn't love that play call. I don't hate going for it, you know. I think in this game, you know, I, I was kind of begging for Franklin to go outside the norms and to to take some risks, and I thought this was a risk. But you know, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. Whatever. I, I don't think three points on that drive really makes a difference uh, in the end with this game. But I, I just I just want to see on, on a fourth and two. Um, you know, to put the ball in the hands of either your six-year quarterback, to to do some of the things you've been successful doing prior to that, and that wasn't a lot of Nick Singleton outside sweep type stuff. So yeah, I I had more of an issue with uh, with the play call than I did whether you should have gone for it or not. I agree with you so much there, Dusty. I would say the same thing. I agreed with going for it. Now, first of all, I'm not sure they got a great spot on that previous play. I thought. It was going to be a fourth and one, not fourth and two. And the play call itself, if you go back in the game, I've been really enjoying this T formation, the two running backs and the tight end lined up behind Clifford, and they started doing some different things where they clear everyone out of the backfield. It forced a timeout one time by Ohio State. They passed out of that another time on fourth down. Then... In this situation, the Ohio State defense, I think all 11 men, well, there were 10 and one guy behind, stacked up on the line of scrimmage. This is the point where I want my six-year senior quarterback to look at that and say, you know what, I need to do something else. Either there's something else I could, you know, audible out of that call or call timeout because this is doesn't look like it's going to work. And if you're watching the game and paying attention, if you saw what Ohio State's defense was doing, and I said, Dustin, here's the play call, you would have said, "Ah, I don't think that's going to work. Am I correct? Yeah, if you would have told me that beforehand. I know James Franklin loves to say, it's a genius call if it works, it's a bum call if it doesn't work. But I think I really would have, if I were on the sidelines, I would have said, James, please don't do that. Don't, don't run that play. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, like, I get it. You line up at the line. Um, you see in terms of numbers who's got a hat on a hat. Um, you, like your, you like your advantage coming out of that formation in, in some different things, and you're not intimidated by the 10 guys close to the line of scrimmage because you think you have the numbers for it. I think sometimes good reasoning has to trump whether you've got the numbers on that particular play. Um, and I, I think, I, I just don't think it was good reason whether that, whether the, and I don't know if the numbers really backed it up. I think it was just a mistake. Well, and the, in my feeling is the other part to this, Dustin is with Ohio state stacking the line of scrimmage the way they did, 
is there any ability for my sixth-year senior to say, you know what, everybody on the line of scrimmage knows we're running right, Nick Singleton's going that way, and everybody on the defense is going to follow right along. Can I pull it out and bootleg the other way? You know, can, yeah. it, does he have the ability? Again, I emphasize, he's a six-year senior. Could he? Is he allowed to make any kind of decision like that, Dusty? Why is he here if he can't? You know, I think that the the greatest benefit of having Sean Clifford in here is that he is an extension of the coaching staff because he's only about five minutes younger than Mike Yersich anyway. Um, <laughs> and if you can't trust him to do whatever he sees out there, he's the only one who's seeing and processing the way that he is. You know, the coaches aren't aren't seeing what he's seeing exactly. So, yeah, he should have been able to do that. I, you know, I don't really know how the decision-making runs and how they arrived at the decision and how much leeway they were giving him there. Um, I didn't love that Singleton was the guy. Like, I, I think if you're going to run that play, uh, Katron Allen is a better back to try to find the little crease. You know things are going to be tight, uh, obviously. Nick Singleton just hasn't thrived in situations where running room is tight. You know, if you're able to create a little bit of room for him and he's able to kind of race to the edge, he's great in that situation, far better than Katron Allen. I just didn't think this was the situation where he he was the, the best back for that play call. So I don't think it was the best play call, nor was it the best personnel, in my opinion, to execute that play call. Agreed, agreed. Let's talk about some more of the decision-making uh, that went on with Penn State. Uh, at the point where they were down 30-21, to 21, uh, with they were down two scores. They're driving down the field. They had uh, second and long and then third and long. They ran the ball. They consciously went for the field goal there and actually accomplished their strategy. They made the field goal. They got within six. They were one score away from winning. What what are your thoughts on that one? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I've got mixed feelings on this one because if I'm if I'm James Franklin to this point, you really love and appreciate what your defense is doing. And I think you still at this stage feel pretty confident in what your offense is doing also. So I think to make it a one possession game again, I know given the opponent, you know, threes aren't going to get you really to where you want to go and you're you're in a pretty good position there. I just didn't <sighs> I didn't really like, and, and I, I think I see the logic in the play call too. It's third and nine. You, you like what you see there in terms of the numbers. Uh, the worst case scenario is you get a good chunk. You put Jake Pinnaker in a, in a makeable field goal situation, but you also think that that play that you called has a chance to get the first down. So I, I see it, but it didn't really fall in line with the rest of the decision-making being content with a 44 yard field goal there, or in that neighborhood, depending on what you were going to get, going to get on that third down doesn't really mesh with the rest of the play calls that you were making the rest of the game, nor, you know, when you look at, especially with that whole like sequence with Jake Pinnaker, like the, the penalties, the, the couple kicks that he missed, like I don't really love having Jake Pinnaker out there for a 44 yarder to execute that strategy either. Cause if you, if you go for that sort of like conservative strategy to give your kicker who has been 50, 50, a shot at a 44 yarder and he misses that, that looks really, the optics of that are really bad. So I think I, 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 I hate it more than I love it. 
but but I, I see where James Franklin was thinking in the flow of the game. To that point, you have a certain level of confidence in both units. This you know says, hey, the defense, I have confidence that you're going to get a stop. Hey, and the offense, you've been you've been driving on this team. I have confidence that you can get six the next time. I, I get it, but I don't like it. You know, going back to James Franklin's, it's a genius move when it works. Well, this one worked, but I'm still not sure it was a genius move. And I'm actually okay with if they saw something in the Ohio State defense on third and nine that there weren't enough people in the box, which says to run the ball, and you have an opening, which he did, so there was a possibility to make that first down. That would have been genius. But putting yourself in a position, I'm sure he had this in the calculation, worst case, if he picks up those five or six yards, we have a shot at a field goal. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence at that point in Jake Pinnegar. Well, and and I feel the same way. And I, I, you know, it wasn't a decision. Fourth down, it wasn't a decision. The field goal unit came on immediately. Which to me says this was part of the the strategy. If we we like this play call, if we don't get it, we're kicking it. And I just don't like. I would have liked them to at least mull it over for a couple seconds. You know, do we want to go for it? Do we not? You are dealing with a completely different animal on the other side of the field in that Ohio State offense, giving them a shot. You know, thirty to twenty. They're up thirty to twenty-four uh, at that stage of the game. I, I just, I just didn't love it, and I, I didn't love how quickly the field goal unit came on because that, to me, says exactly what we've talked about here. If we don't get it here, we're kicking it. And I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think it should have been automatic. Well, I think it was a case of, you know. At what point would he have gone for it? Fourth and one? I think so. Fourth and two? Maybe. Yeah. You know, it ended up, what, fourth and three? And, you know, as you said, they were very quick to send the field goal team out. Again, if if Jake Pinneger misses that field goal attempt, there's there's hell to pay on that decision. Because Jake Pinnegar, in this game specifically, along with the whole season in general, I don't think has earned that amount of confidence. And I know those two misses don't go into his record. And, you know, if this is a sign of confidence from the coach in his kicker, Jake, I still believe in you. And Jake went out and he did kick it. So you give credit for that. But, boy... If you're part of that Penn State faithful watching this, if, if that, that kick would have been missed, I'm not sure they want to storm the field right at that point. Yeah, I, I, I and again, I mean, for it, it was just, I mean, in my, in my opinion, it was a little bit of a wimpy sequence there. Three points is probably not going to win you anything there. Getting within six against Ohio State, like you saw how quickly this game got flipped on its ear. And everybody knew it was a possibility. I just, I just didn't like the whole sequence. All right, Dustin, I saved it for quarter number four. We're going to talk about the unraveling. Get yourself braced and ready for that. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. 
New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, every week before our show, you send me your notes with your thoughts on the game. And you have it titled, The Great Unraveling. And I suspect, I, I think that should stick, okay? Because that's, that's what truly describes it. So essentially, and you guys all know the, the the numbers, you know, a couple touchdowns in a minute nine. Uh, it just went that fast. Ohio State put up 28 points in what seemed like nanoseconds, and everything fell apart. And I mentioned earlier in the show how well the defense played for three and a half quarters. Let's talk a little bit about the unraveling on that side of the ball. After playing so well, Ohio State got into a hurry-up mode, and it was as if Penn State had never seen that before. They just, if you were watching them as the plays went on, there was a lot of confusion, a lot of disorganization. That surprised me. It surprised me in in multiple respects. Um yeah, it surprised me that, that that they acted like that was the first time they'd seen that. It surprised me that Ohio State didn't do more of this uh, earlier in the game. You know, like my my vibe, kind of seeing Ohio State uh, like following along on social media as this game's going too, um, is that Ohio State wasn't happy at all with what 
Ryan Day was trying to accomplish in this game. And I think, you know, like, I think there's some of that. Like, I don't know if they managed the game as well as they as they would have liked, but also you got to give credit to Penn State for kind of forcing that to happen. They forced that to happen in more in almost every game outside of Michigan. So I think Penn State deserves some credit for that. But, you know, like, I think it's just really, really difficult to keep that offense under wraps for 60 minutes, you know? And, 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 and I think James Franklin felt confident that, that they'd be able to do that. Um, and, and, you know, like the game suggested that they were able to, and they, they make this adjustment. And, and I, I get what you're saying that, um, that it looked, you know, Penn State struggled to kind of keep up with that. But also I think CJ Stroud got into a, a rhythm that he wasn't really in for a lot of this game too. And I know like he's 26 out of 33 in this game for 354 and a touchdown to say that he struggled would be an over, would be an overstatement, but, uh, they really did well to not allow him to kill them. Uh, especially they they did well to take everybody away except for Marvin Harrison Jr. And before, you know, the, the key play on this drive, which was seven plays, 75 yards, um, you know, Agbuka had five catches for 11 yards in this game. They, he's their leading receiver. Uh, five catches for 11 yards in this game before that 42-yarder. You know, he's a guy they took away. And you just... You can't take him away forever. You can't keep C.J. Stroud under wraps forever. I think this was going to happen anyway, but it was the right adjustment at the right time, and they were able to kind of – it was a a warm knife through through butter kind of scene uh, on that particular drive, and it's a huge drive in this game. We talked about that field field goal sequence, 30 to 24, they're down. Um, So, you know, this drive, it it just looked easy. Well, and before I get to – uh, the play that really bothered me on that drive, if we're talking about decision-making and things from the Ohio State perspective, the end of the first half, six seconds to go, and Ohio State didn't choose to kick the field goal, to me that was the most questionable decision made. So it's not just the Penn State side that there's questionable cause. There was also something that happened on the drive before the halftime where Penn State had uh, Ohio State in a third and long situation, or actually, I'm sorry, it was fourth down and six, and Ohio State went for it. And the Penn State receivers, I checked this out on the replay to make sure what I thought I saw, I saw. They were giving the receivers a 12-yard pad on fourth and six. Now, it ended up not costing Penn State. But fast forward to that seven-play drive, and it was third and ten. Marvin Harrison makes the catch. It was a quick, easy pitch and catch. The Penn State defender, and I believe it was Joey Porter Jr. at that point on Marvin Harrison, he gave him like a nine-yard pad. So the catch was made like seven yards down the field, and he just, you know, leaned forward. He had momentum going. You know, to expect Joey Porter to stop, you know, to tackle him instantly short of the marker was not, you know, a sure bet in any way. So I brought up the first half situation to say this was the conscious decision. They were doing this, and I kind of get if the strategy is, oh, you know, we're not going to press cover because we don't want to get beaten over the top. But you can't give that much padding, can you? Well, you can't bring pressure in that situation and give that much padding because you don't you don't want to make that that hot read uh, easier than it, than it needs to be. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was just a little bit of a conflicting strategy there, I think, with the way that they were covering versus the way that they were trying to defend C.J. Stroud. And that was the result. I mean, that is a huge play in this game. You know, you have a chance as a defense. I, they, they went um, to Marvin Harrison Jr. for 16 yards on first down on that drive. Then you got back-to-back incompletions there. You're in third and 10. You're still on, you know, the right side of the field. You have a chance to get it back. And then, obviously, Ohio State's going to make plays when given the opportunity. But uh, I you, you kind of gift wrap that opportunity for them. And then once they converted that, you kind of see the writing on the wall. It, it didn't look very difficult the rest of that drive, did it? No, not at all. And, you know, the touchdown play where there were three missed tackles in the secondary, at that point, I you know, that was – if you tackle them, you're just delaying the inevitable at that point. My issue, I don't get the logic of that positioning of your DBs. You know, when it's third and ten, you can't concede essentially ten yards, which is what they did. And I, you know, I'm not an expert. I don't, I don't know, Dustin, if there's any way in the world that could be put on the players on the defense to say, oh, Joey Porter didn't play that correctly. Because if you have him lined up 10 yards away, this is what's going to happen to you. And, you know, CJ Stroud to Marvin Harrison Jr., they're not going to miss on that, okay? No. They are not. This is this is like uh, warming up before the game. The completion's going to be made. And and I think, you know, like whether it was a miscommunication or whether that was didn't get the right play call in or whatever, maybe a player li- lined up incorrectly, maybe one of those things happened. Or maybe it was Manny Diaz saying, hey, this guy's been killing us. Um, let's put these guys in a position to come up and make the play if he, they do catch it. You know, if, 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 they, if he catches it short of the sticks, I trust my guys to come up and make a play. And I kind of lean toward that being the logic on this play call. Uh, but it ended up just not looking very difficult. So, you know, I, I think a lot of the things that Marvin Harrison Jr. did uh, on Saturday didn't look very difficult uh, because he's that good. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it does look conflicting to me. If that was the strategy, I don't. I can't say that I, that I love it, uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is at this stage. They, they played way off a lot of respect for what he's done so far, and I get that. But, you know, at some point in time, you got to say, like, my first rounder versus your first rounder, let's complement what we're doing on, on the front end here and, uh, and make it a, a difficult and contested throw. If, he, if the ball's going to come out quick, let's make sure that it's not guaranteed to be caught. And the fact that if that were third and 20 – and you're giving a 10-yard pad, I'm good with that. But it's third and 10, and you're giving them that 10-yard pad. That that was just way, way, way too too easy, Dusty. All right, enough of uh, punishing ourselves, reviewing this great unraveling. Just real quick in the couple minutes I have left um, here, what now for this team? Is it a case where... They're just playing out the string now. They don't have any game that they can, you know, look forward to. Uh, yes, they'll definitely be favorites in all four of them. But what now? What's the recovery time for this team? And what should we expect from them going forward? Well, I think the the what now means, you know, 
playing your cleanest, best football. All you can do is get ready and, and rise up to the teams that you have in front of you. So, yeah, they'll be favored in these games. And, yeah, I think, you know, coming off this emotional stretch, you know, that includes Ohio State and Michigan, there is a, a chance that you're not looking uh, – you're, you're not really uh, rising to the occasion, uh, hitting the road and going to Bloomington um, for to face a team that's lost five games in a row. That's a dangerous thing uh, against a Tom Allen coach team. Like, I, I, th- I think they, they need to make sure – that they're not playing up or down to level of competition. You've got to make sure that you're playing uh, to the best of your ability and, and are able to emotionally get beyond that. Um, that's been a question for me. You know, are you able to emotionally get beyond a tough stretch? Everybody knew whether they said it or not. The one and oh mindset. Great. I love it. James Franklin. Yeah. Focus on that. Everybody knew, including a lot of guys on the team that what they just went through was the defining stretch in the season. The what now means playing and sucking it up and and understanding what's ahead of you because if you win four games in a row and you and you get to a good bowl game and you win that I think a lot of what this team has gone through uh Michigan Ohio State is forgiven and you're able to get be optimistic again for 2023 so I think you got to take care of business uh you got to beat the te- continue to beat the teams that you should beat and I, I want to see them rebound from this emotionally, physically, all that stuff, uh, and, and to beat these teams that they're supposed to beat. They're supposed to beat Indiana. I saw the early spread is it's a two-touchdown spread, 14-point. Penn State's the favorite. Dustin, will James Franklin be able to get his team back and ready? Need a prediction from you and a bold prediction. What do you think? Yeah, I think um... – uh, I, I don't think they're going to cover the spread. Like I, I just, I just feel like that dreary Bloomington trip coming out of this game let down. I think that James Franklin teams have shown to allow that to linger. I think they win this game. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it at like um, thirty to twenty or something like that. I, I don't think that the, their their offense is going to get back to being a high octane machine or anything. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look for um, Katron Allen to go for 150 plus in this game. I think he has a big day, and that they need him to have a big day uh, because there's gonna be some 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 sleepy components, especially on the offensive side. I think there's gonna be a hangover in this game. That's what I think is gonna happen. Maybe that's a bold prediction too. Uh, yeah, I could see the hangover, but I do think there's a couple things they established in this game, which is. Katron Allen is pretty special, and I think that's going to up his confidence and their confidence in him. The other guy, Parker Washington, too, if they're smart, they'll go to him early and often, and I don't think he'll disappoint us. Dustin, that's it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.